You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. Brenthurst Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. And with me from Brenthurst Wealth is Andre Basson. And Andre, we're going to talk about your chosen subject, which is de-dollarization. Now, I've heard about this throughout my broadcasting career. At some stage, the Chinese currency is going to be the one to replace the dollar. But I still think that if I was in a place and I desperately needed to buy some goods or services, if I had a dollar in my pocket, that would do me just fine. Thank you very much. What is the theme of today's chat and why did you bring it up? Yeah, so it's a fascinating theme for me because I love economics. So it's more of a digging deep into economics uh, than investment. So I'm, I'm going to tie it in at the end. But I brought it up because there was a lot of some of my friends and my colleagues and, and, and clients, everybody all of a sudden asking questions about this de-dollarization. And I found there's a lot of a fear edge to it because it's a disruption of the status quo. And the fear is the Chinese going to take over from the U.S. in, in global dominance, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just going to sketch a, a context of what is dollarization and then why did it happen and what is de-dollarization and what is the implication and also who's driving the narrative because I think there's a bit of a push from behind. Very good. I'm looking forward um, to it. Please explain the idea of de-dollarization to start with. Let's go right back to basics if we can, Andre. Okay, so so if you look at any currency, it's just a method to pay for a good or a service. So way, way, way back, people used to use gold or, or silver. or Before that, it was just trading goods. So I'll give you an apple and you give me a pear or whatever, trade one for a sheep and you give me a cow. Yes. Um, <laughs> but before after that, then there was gold and silver and, and then they in, invented the coin. So uh, let's say the Roman Empire was dominant in a let's say, biblical times, and a denarius had a Caesar's face was on the back of a denarius. There's even a story in the Bible uh, with dispute on temple tax, and it says which face is in the back of the coin, and Jesus had the old story about that. Yes. Um, and then in the British Empire, was dominant in the 1800s, so then, then the pound was the, the global currency that people have traded a lot with. But in the 1920s, the U.S. basically started taking over from the British Empire, and the dollar started to be the dominant currency globally. But when dollarization basically happened was after the Second World War, Western line countries came together and said, how are we going to rebuild a world after uh, such a, a devastating war? And one of the things that happened was it was the start of the IMF and the World Bank. So they said, we're going to have a, a stability in the global system. Today, the IMF is more Eurocentric and the World Bank is more US-centric. But the other thing that happened was they said, we're going to facilitate efficient global trade. And what that meant was the 44 countries that came together, they agreed we will trade in US dollars. Um, and the reason for that was if I trade in Rand and let's say in Argentina, my counterparty trade in their currency, it's very easy for me to devalue my currency to get more from the stuff I export. So everybody was in the position then that they couldn't do that. And they would say for the buyer and the seller, they know what they get. It's not a sudden devalue of a currency. That's why if I export something or buy something from Turkey, I want to get dollars, not 
you know, a currency that will devalue with 80% in a year. Yes. And then everybody's currency was picked to the dollar, the dollar was picked to the gold. And then for certain reasons, I'm not going to dig into, uh, President Nixon has uh, made it into the gold standard. And then the global pegging to the dollar also was scrapped. But the dollar was still such a dominant currency. Even today, a lot of goods are, are paid in dollars. And if you look at the start of de-dollarization, that is now people trading, having less dollars on the, the balance sheet of, let's say, a, a reserve bank. So if everybody trades in, let me just explain them. I can't just go f- uh, buy from my company to another one offshore, just give them money. It goes through the whole financial system. So I give it to my bank. The bank swaps it to another currency and they pay it over. But everything also goes through the reserve bank. So if you look at global reserve bank holdings, the, there is 60% of global reserve bank holdings is in US dollar. But in 1999, it used to be around 70%. So in 24 years, global US dollar holdings, reserve banks, has dropped with 10%. People is this to do with the fact that the US is no longer the most preeminent uh, trading partner for other countries, no. for example, because of the rise of China? I mean, that's one thing. I can understand that the yeah. reserve bank says, okay, we've got 70% of our holdings in dollars, but we need to have 10% maybe in renminbi, whatever it is, just simply because yeah. we do so, trade with China. Is that one of the reasons, the rise of other countries when it comes to global trade, Andre? You can have a, a, a rise in another country and then the, the, uh, that currency becomes more um, tradable. But if you look at China, they still influence and manipulate the value of their currency. There's no free flow of capital in and out of the country. So it's more an issue of trust. If you trust that the U.S. will still stand and that the system will be intact and that the value of the dollar will not devalue overnight with 50%. If you trust that currency, then it will continue to flow. But there's not a trust in the renminbi, like because the Chinese government can intervene in such a big way, you're not sure really what you're going to get. So I'm not bought in the idea that ever, you know, the Chinese are going to take over the US in terms of the renminbi, it's going to take over from the dollar. When I wake up in the morning and uh, I turn on my screen and I look at the, for example, the CRB, uh, the Commodity Research Bureau Index, and I look at a list of uh, 30, 40 different commodities, when I see the dollar being replaced by another currency, then I'll believe in de-dollarization. I do agree with you that the dollar has lost its overwhelming dominance when it comes to currency markets. But on the other hand, I do not believe, this is my personal view, not Brent Wells, this is my personal view that, okay, the gold standard disappeared. That's fine. Well done, Mr. Nixon. But I don't think that a cryptocurrency, for example, is ever going to replace Mm. the dollar in my lifetime anyway, as the uh, global exchange standard, if you like. What people also forget is the euro, the rise of the euro. So from, you know, in the past 20, 30 years, the euro has become a, there's 20% of global reserves that is kept in euros because the European nations trade with each other in euros. Yes. And so the alternatives, if you think the dollar is going to vanish or like go to 20, 30%, what is the alternative? The Chinese, the yen, the pound, if there's not a strong alternative to take over from the U.S. dollar, it will remain. And if you look today, 
if I read Bloomberg and I read stuff like, yes, Pakistan is in trouble, that they don't have enough foreign reserves to pay, only have foreign reserves to pay for the next three weeks of imports their country needs, it's talking to US dollar imports. If my father-in-law travels all through Europe, all through Africa, like he, he loves to do, he, he was in Angola a couple of years ago, Everybody there wants a greenback. Yeah. If you have a dollar, you can buy anything. Precisely. They don't want their own currency. And that's not a blue country. That's a red country, if you think east versus west. So I, I, I'm with you. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think people need to stress about it. I do think the narrative is driven by the Chinese and Russians. Because I've been Googling a lot on de-dollarization. Obviously, Google picks up my search. And then Sputnik News pushes some, <laughs> some of the de-dollarization, why it's imminent, et cetera, et cetera. You need to be careful what you read and who's driving the narrative. And I think the, the Chinese and the Russians, obviously, they can trade with each other, but, you know, that's limited. They still need other commodities that the world will provide. So I don't think people should worry about it. I do think it's something that they can keep your eye on. But if you own a portfolio of global diversified stocks, equities, companies, They've been around for 100 years plus. Their management can navigate this. The point is people don't need to stress that their money will vanish. We invest in companies, not in countries. And the dollar will still be dominant for many years to come, I think. And I think the South African rand is a great illustration of that. I mean, look what happened to it last week. It obviously overshot when it went to 19.52 rand to the dollar. And it's come back today. The dollar has come back, uh, that is. But it just shows yeah. you how dominant uh, the U.S. currency is. It's a case in point because it was the U.S. ambassador that said that. Yeah. Uh, his remarks has, has sparked that big concern. And yes, there's obviously other stuff that's already putting pressure on them in the currency. But the moment the U.S. ambassador says something like that, there's a big move. It just shows the power of the U.S. and the U.S. dollar. Very interesting stuff, Andre. But for now, we'll stay with dollars. I mean, I'm not being nasty about the South African currency, but um, if I had to have a choice of uh, either the rand or the dollar, I know in the short term, maybe I'll take the rand. In the long term, it's going to be the U.S. dollar for me every time, should I have the opportunity. Andre, thank you very much for a very interesting chat and analysis. That's Andre Basson from Brenthurst Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.